Why does it seem like God allows evil to go unchecked? That's the question we're discussing today on The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of The Hero of the Story, a podcast to help you focus on the gospel in every area of your life and ministry. I'm Aaron Armstrong, brand manager of The Gospel Project, and with me as always is Brian Dembozik, our managing editor. So, Brian... Today, we are talking about yet another one of my favorite books in Scripture. Yes, this this is. And, and I'm going to wait for you to say the name of this book. Habakkuk. Yeah, Habakkuk. That's, yeah, that's right. This is one of those that there are certain words that I get tripped up on. Mm-hmm. This is one that I, I do. Really? So and probably, see, I'm, see, I was nice and confident this time. Usually, I'm are. the one who gets tripped up. On all of our all of our big words in the yeah, Bible, th- but this one—it's just there's certain words that just get in my head, mm-hmm. and sometimes I just struggle over them no matter what. This is one, so okay. I'm gonna try to avoid it as much as I can. That's fair. That's fair. The book in question. Yes. So the book in question, Habakkuk. Yes. This is gonna be a good one for us. Um, this is this is one of those those books again that is one that is really unfortunate that that more people haven't really spent a significant period of time yeah, in. It, it's, it's tucked away in the minor prophets, of course, and the minor prophets in general are, are ignored except for one or two of them. Right. Uh, and then a couple verses from some of the others. So not many people are bold enough to venture into these very often. But then also this one, it the again, a little bit more poetic writing, um, mm-hmm. and that is harder for some people to engage in. But when you think about the core question that we're looking at today that Habakkuk asked so long ago, hey, God, this doesn't seem right. Yeah, we're doing some evil things as a people, but this nation over here is doing a lot more evil. Why aren't you doing anything to them? Right. That question of of why does God allow evil to go unchecked so it seems, that's a timely question. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as we get into this book, and and let's let's jump into this narrative uh, a little bit more here. Um I mean, when when we get into Habakkuk, the question that he's asking this of is, is isn't even of another nation. It's his own people, too, because Habakkuk was a prophet. He was a prophet to the nation of Judah. Um, he was for for those who really dig the timeline of the Bible, which I mean, certainly we do. That's why we that's why we're actually it's going through this. Do. Exactly. It's why we're going through this the way that we are. There's a chronological element to how we are explaining out each passage that we are exploring. Um, and so what we need to know about Habakkuk is that he um, was he was writing this somewhere in we don't know exactly when, but within sometime around maybe the king the death of King King Josiah who we talked about a couple weeks yep. ago, and but yet before one significant event that we're going to be talking about in fact n- next, next podcast week, yeah next episode <laughs> next week. Um, which is the destruction of Judah itself, um, and so he was. So he was serving as a prophet during the reign of. Let's see if I can do this one. Jehoiakim. I would say Jehoiakim. Jehoiakim. Our, there we go. Our scholars can send us I mean, an email. Someone and, is going to correct us. Yes. Maybe even Trevin. But uh, <laughs> Trevin. But, yes. So. Uh, so. But. Uh, Jehoiakim, uh, he was the reigning king at this time, and um, this is happening during the the Egyptian uh, domination, which happened just before the Babylonian captivity. Um, this book itself is, is kind of unique, isn't it, though, Brian? 
Yeah, so this is, again, just set it up. This is turning from about 609-ish mm-hmm. into about 586, probably the 590s. The, the Babylonian mm-hmm. captivity happened in three stages. So the first one was was about 605 or so in that window, I believe, yep. and then a couple other stages. So it's, it's somewhere in that window. So right around, if you just think 600, I think, just round yeah, numbers. Yeah. And what is really unique about this book uh, is that most of the other books of prophecy are what we think of, that God calls a prophet and says, hey, prophet, here's a message. Give this message to the people. And then the, the prophet would do that. This is the other way around. This is more of, of Habakkuk coming to God, perhaps with what his people were asking as well and asking of God these questions. So the message is not coming from God down. It's coming from the people up. And then God's going to give, of course, Habakkuk a, an answer to take back to the mm-hmm. people. Yeah, and so this is a very short book. Even though it's a short book, we're not going to be able to read it on the podcast because, well, it's still three chapters. But in your trusty Bible, it's probably about a page double-sided, maybe two. So um, so do uh, do take a look at this, at this, read it. It'll take you all of about 10, 15 minutes. Um, but w- as we get into this and as we read it and as we study it, what are some questions that we should be asking about this path, about this, this book? Yeah, I think the first one is kind of a, a big idea of what is evil. And that, that's really what's, what's in mind here when Habakkuk and the people come and say, God, why does evil go unchecked? Mm-hmm. And I, I think when you think about all right, what is evil, that may seem like a pretty straightforward answer. But I think it would really be good for us to to dig underneath that a little bit more because, you know, I, I wonder, would, would we say, hey, evil is any sin against God? Mm-hmm. And, and there's truth to that, of yeah, course. Yeah, absolutely. Any sin, no matter how small, is evil. It's a, it's a grievous sin against a holy, righteous God. However, while all sin is of equal weight in terms of its consequence of separating us from a holy God, I think we have to recognize that, that sin has different consequences. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I, I think when we think of evil being asked here, I think we have to think of the, the greater evils we experience in life, not, not the jaywalking so to speak. Right. And, and I, I think that's the tension here. I don't think Habakkuk was asking, hey, I saw somebody jaywalk. God, why why do you allow that to go unchecked? Right. Because at this time, what he's talking about is the unrestrained idolatry yeah. of 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 the, the, the Jews. Yeah. And so they're worshiping false gods. They're um, sacrificing children. Yeah. So <laughs> I think this, this is one we, we really need to think through and, and think about our culture today. Think about what we experience. Again, this is timely because we ask the same questions. Why does God allow the great evil of abortion, uh, the, this, this genocide of, of infants? Mm-hmm. Why, does, why has he not stepped in and done something about that? Why does he allow the great evil of, of racism to go unchecked, it seems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you think about these greater evils. Think about, you know, the heinous murders and the, 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 the people not even caring about the value of life. And, mm-hmm. and that's really what's in mind here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But um, and, and so what that also forces us to, to wrestle with is, is another question, which is um, really how do we understand God's sovereignty um, so his his complete rule and power and authority over everything, 
Um, how do we understand that to to coexist alongside human responsibility? Because this is what the Bible shows us over and over again, is that God is entirely in authority over everything, and yet human beings make meaningful choices. We And we bear the responsibility for the things that we do and the things we don't do. Yeah. So um, this is, and what we see in this book is God saying basically, I'm in control of all, all of this. That's, Just watch what I'm going to do. That's the answer he gives. He really yeah. doesn't answer Habakkuk's question more deeply than that. Yeah. That's the answer. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you follow the structure of the book. And, and this is one of the things, again, that I love about this book is, is because Habakkuk leads with this complaint toward, uh, to God and saying, you know, why are you letting all of this happen? And God is, is really like, just watch what I'm going to do next. And it's going to be something that no one is like, unlike anything that anyone has seen before. And he's like, I'm going to bring the Babylonians to take to take these guys out. That's how bad things are going to get. And Habakkuk's response is horror. <laughs> he's like, really? That? <laughs> That's the answer? Is is you're going to use an even more evil nation to? To bring judgment upon us, and God's like, "Yep," and then I'm going to judge them too. Yeah. That's that's the part I like the most. <laughs> yep, um, and that's that. And I'm going to judge them for what they're going to do to you. <laughs> yes, that I wanted them exactly. to do, but exactly. they want to do exactly. <laughs> There's, here's where the tension is. It's right. a beautiful tension. Yes, absolutely, and it's 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 one of those things that again we come to the scriptures again and again and again. Um, and it keeps confronting us with these realities of these things that um, in so many ways are just too big for us to comprehend. And so it challenges us to to walk a tightrope yeah. and to yeah. to hold certain things in balance or intention, however you want to describe it. Um, you know, these these two truths that that God is in authority of all things that he and that at the same time the things we do are the things that we want to do and so no one is an a no one is an automaton or a robot everything we do matters and everything that but everything that we do that matters all falls within god's sovereign plan for all of creation which, as Paul was wrestling about this in Romans, this is the point he broke into doxology. Right, absolutely. He's he just said, I like, get this. He's like, it's praise true. God. This exactly. is amazing. And that's, that's, I think that's what we need to emulate. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I think the third question tangent to this that, that we have to ask as we look at this book is how are we to understand God's justice, piggybacking on what you just said. Yes. And what I mean here is the, the problem that Habakkuk had – and the problem that we have often is we uh, conflate God's justice with immediate justice. Yes. And and so that's why I, I, I've been trying to be careful to say the appearance that it goes unchecked or yes. it goes unchecked. Or it, it seems, seems like. And, I've been trying yeah. to be careful about that because that therein, that question that we started with is actually flawed. Yes. Because it fails to understand God's timing. And so God is just, everything will 
go before him. Right. Nothing will escape his, his justice. This we know. If anything were to escape his justice, he would either be unjust or not all-knowing, not all-powerful. So, no, everything will. But when it does, or even sometimes we may not just be privy to see God's justice. He may have meted it out. Mm-hmm. But we can't see it. Right. So it, we want to be careful of not sitting in our seat of judgment over God and saying, you have made a mistake here because you have failed to bring X, Y, Z to justice. Mm. While we may not understand, oh, that is either happening or it has happened or in the process of happening. And that's kind of what uh, God calls on his people to do then. And it's what he calls on us to do now is, hey, slow down. Um Understand that justice happens. It happens in my power, in my time. Right, right. And that leads to the next question that we should be asking in this book because we see it in Habakkuk's response to God when he, do, when he does and says all of this, um, which is this, this call ultimately to faith. Um, mm-hmm. And um, because what God's message to him ultimately does is it causes him to realize and respond by saying that the righteous will live by faith and that the one who is righteous lives by faith. Um, you see that in, in Habakkuk 2.4. Um, and that's that's a theme that we see all throughout Scripture. It's we a see really it. important verse. Exactly. Um, that, that verse is key. Um, and as I was saying, that theme is, is one of those strands that goes through all throughout Scripture. You see it in – you see it – Early or early, early on in Genesis, even you see it. You see it really in a nascent form in the story of Noah, um, where where the scriptures describe him as one who who found favor with God in the eyes of the Lord. That um, the, and then it says that he was a righteous man. Yeah. Um, and so we have so we see it there that he was that he was the faithful man among all people. Um, was he a perfectly faithful man? No, of course not, because he was a human being with a who was a sinful human being. But there was faith there. Um, we see that on and on and on through through the time of Abraham. Abraham's another example. Then through his family, through um, on through to the actual formation of the nation, and you see this remnant that is always that there's always someone who is remaining faithful through to the end because God keeps a people for himself um, through all of their sin. Um, And you see that burst forth into all clarity in the New Testament when we say that that the right – when we see that the righteous live by faith um, because – and it's specifically faith in Jesus because it's his righteousness that's given to us by faith. Um, which and so we see that in Romans one, we see that in Galatians three, we see that in Hebrews ten, we see that in that whole hall of hall of yeah. faith in chapter eleven, um, on and on and on and on. Um, that and and so it's one of those things that as we look at this book, we need to we need to see that we need to recognize it, we need to savor that for what it is because it's such good news. And so how the book when the book ends with rejoicing, that's what it should ultimately cause us to do as well. Um, but and but in that as well, it should ask cause us to ask another question, which we I've kind of already started yeah. to answer, which we we tend to do absolutely, it's hard absolutely. not to, yeah, but. 
How does this point us to Jesus? Well, as you said, you know, the faith that, that this book calls for is is ultimately placed in Christ. Yes. Uh, but we also know this side of the cross, we can look back and answer Habakkuk's question more fully, can't we? Because we know yeah. how will God deal with evil? Well, he dealt with it on the cross. That on the cross, Jesus dealt with all evil through the most evil act of all history. Yes. The crucifixion of Jesus Christ is the most evil act ever perpetrated on in creation. And yet through that evil act, God brought an end. He judged all evil, everything in that moment. And so this causes us to, to look to Christ as the answer to evil. And we know more fully that when Jesus returns, because the evil that still exists, mm-hmm. when Jesus returns, it will be to put an end finally to all actions. So all evil has been judged, Mm -hmm. but then it will be ended when Jesus returns and brings about his kingdom and sin is no more and death is no more and evil is finally in the rearview mirror. So yeah, this this book screams out Jesus as the answer to evil. Yeah, absolutely. And so so in that it it does cause us to wait and give us it gives us reason to wait. Yes. It gives us reason to hope. It gives us confidence as we hope because we know who that who yeah. is the object of that, which is Jesus. So let's think about this book from the perspective of um, someone who is discipling um, another person, yeah. um, group leader. Think about a small group leader, a um, you know student student ministry leader, kids. Uh, uh, kids worker, um, one-on-one discipleship, however, however it is that we are working to working together to build one another up in the faith. Um, what guidance can we offer in, um, in working through this passage with others? Well, I think one of the, 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 an important idea, especially in terms of discipling somebody else is to understand that there are times we're going to have questions that do not have a clear definitive answer that we might want. Yes. Such as here, Habakkuk, he doesn't get the answer that he may have been expecting. We as the reader, we may feel, hey, this is a little bit unsatisfied. I mean, really, the answer was, well, I'm in control. Just wait. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is a really helpful reminder. And, and as you mentioned, look at the end. It's We end with rejoicing here. Yeah. We don't end with, with despair. And wait a minute, that, that wasn't an answer. Um, we end with rejoicing. And so I think there are times where we may be uh, having, we have questions legitimate, sincere questions that we ask of God or his mm-hmm. ways that we will not have answered. And we need to be okay with that. We, yeah. we, we, that does not mean we don't answer the questions. We need to still ask the questions and pursue greater understanding. That's what growing is. But we also need to be prepared to accept either a non-answer or an unclear answer or an answer that we will not know yet. And be good with that. So this is a great opportunity as we're discipling somebody else to help them understand this um, and recognize the, mm-hmm. there are tensions in scripture, there are un, unanswered questions, and your faith doesn't hinge on answering those questions. Your faith ought to hinge on the answers that have been given the gospel. Right. And at that same time, when we're thinking about answers and not answers and, you know, and, and all of these kind of things, one of the things that we should also remember is that um, when we are when we are when we are talking with someone who is who is wrestling with these with these big questions these big issues um sometimes the best the best thing for us to say is i don't know yeah um and sometimes it's actually not helpful to even say but we know that it's all going to work out in the end because yeah. while that's true we know how things are going to work out 
Because we do. God has told us and he's told us for a reason so that we can have hope and confidence. In the moment, that can at times feel very dismissive. Yeah. And when we are – and particularly if we work, say we're – say we have a small group member who is – um, dealing with a miscarriage or a divorce or um, or any of these or like any number of heartbreaking events, um, death of a spouse, a, um, you know, death of a, you know, death of a, of a grown child, whatever that may be. Um, we don't we sometimes the best thing for us to do is just sit with them yeah. in it. Um, we should always re- we should always remember the example of Job's friends <laughs> um, that the best thing they did was sit with him and keep their mouth shut. And then it went downhill. And as soon as they started talking, it went bad for them. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I try to think of of, of a sandwich um, because, you know, food makes everything more understandable. Uh, but y- you start with affirming the pain or affirming the, the heartbreak of the situation or affirming the question if it's simply a question. Then you go to what you were saying, well, here's the biblical truth of hope. And then you come back mm-hmm. to affirming the heartache, affirming the question again. Yeah. I find when you do it that way, hey, this is hard. I, I feel for you in this situation. My heart breaks for you, but there is hope. Right. But man, I know this is hard. I think that is a great way to kind of yeah. to, to package that in a way that people are able to receive in their hearts more. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so along with that, um, related in a, in a related sense, this passage should, as we're working with, working with it with others, um, we should be trying to help one another um, consider how we are to navigate the evils that we see and experience in the world. Um, so um, letting, the, letting the example that's here and letting the hope that, that Habakkuk and the rest of Scripture provides – um, inform inform our response to it that we that we don't stand by passively yeah. um, when evil is committed or when we see it we should act and we should say something but we can do so with patience and with trust we can know that even as um, in in this moment in this life when it seems like um when it seems like evil goes un, unhindered, that there is an end that's coming yeah. and there is a response and that um, that they will get their – that those who perpetrate evil will get their just reward and it will not – and really, it sh- that, should co- that should actually f- make us – tremble even more when evil is not when evil does seem to go unpunished when the evil do seem to get away with whatever they're getting away with um in the moment because what's waiting for them is so much worse i don't know if there's a if there's a good way to 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 wrap up that part of this conversation brian so um (laughs) just just call it there then let's just just call it there just wrap it right there that's right so um so on a doom and gloom note (laughs) um, a message of hope that's right (laughs) wait no we yes we do have a message of hope hope. that's right but remember 
here's the good news. Here's the good news. The good news is is that, um, and Brian, thank you for for that. <laughs> Jesus um, has won. That's right. Well, yes, Jesus has won. And here's the thing: we have the opportunity, even when whether it's with someone who has been who has been sinned against, or whether it's um, whether it's regarding someone who has committed evil, um, we have the opportunity to pray that they would repent, come to repentance, yeah. that they would fall on their knees, that they would recognize that Jesus is their only hope, and that they would experience the grace of God, and while also receiving the consequences of their sins and actions in this life yeah. as well. So um, now on that slightly more ho- hopeful note, <laughs> let's end for real. And uh, and so, Brian, thanks for chatting about this today. And uh, listeners, thanks for, for hanging in with us on today's episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed it, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or on whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.